Hello, everyone. Great. Good, good. Tell us how to be awesome at life. No pressure, Greg. Thanks for that, mate. Yeah. Is everyone well? Yeah. Oh, it's good to be here. Just to, um, just to echo the thanks that, that Greg was saying, like, this has been, like, one of the best weekends ever for me. And so thank you to all of you at Arena Church. This has been just amazing. I, I, my heart is full, I guess you could say. Um, one thing I just want to comment, like, just I've noticed on your culture, really, is, is how, like, I've, so I've met quite a few of your leaders and stuff. I've met quite a few of people my age, and how encouraging you are and how positive you are about one another, you know? Like, you can't, everyone that I speak to, you're always telling me, oh, you should meet so-and-so because they're, they're awesome at this, or you should speak to so-and-so because they're, they're great at this. And, and I think to have that in your culture, that's, that's just awesome. So that's what I've noticed, and it's been really, I've been blessed, and we have, haven't we, guys? It's been, it's been great. So thank you so much for having us. Um, so, yeah, it, it's my privilege for the next kind of 27 minutes to... Um, talk to you guys. Um, I believe that like, God's just given me a word for, for tonight, and I'm really excited to, to give it, so I'll, I'll do my best to, to do that. Um, when it comes to listening to preaching, one of the best pieces of advice that I've uh, ever been given, um, so for you guys like sat down listening to me about to speak, one of the best pieces of advice I was ever given was to listen to the word behind the words. Listen to the word behind the words, because you know, I'm, I'm about to say a whole bunch of words, I'm about to say a whole bunch of stuff, like tell some stories, and like guys from Gloucester, you would have heard me speak on some of these things before, but I encourage all of you to lean in and listen to what God wants to say to you tonight, what God wants to say, because I'm going to say my own words, but really my own words carry no authority, but God's word carries every authority, power to change, power to transform, power to empower us, so yeah, listen to the word behind my words, is that okay? Right, if you've got a Bible, if you're taking notes, I'm going to be reading from, this is our key verse today, reading from Genesis 15. And I really feel like just the the theme of what I'm going to be speaking about is is around our future and is around like what God wants to say to us about our future. And that's kind of the the idea that I'll be talking around. Um, But Genesis 15, it says this, talking about a guy called Abram says, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. He said, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. It says at the bottom in the footnotes, your very great reward. That's your reward will be very great. But Abram, but Abram said, sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eleazar um, of Damascus. And Abram said, you have given me no children. So a servant of my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him and said, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can. Then he said to him, So shall your, inherit, or so shall your offspring be. Abraham believed the Lord, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Amazing verse. Would you pray with me? Before we jump into all this, Father God, in the next few minutes that we spend with one another, we pray that you would speak so clearly to us. You would speak through your word. I pray for each of us in this room that we would hear the word, your word, behind my words. And we would all of us go away that much closer to you, God, that much closer to you. And Jesus, would you be so clear amongst us now in your precious name. Amen. 
Amen. Cool. So the, the idea of, of our future and the idea of our kind of where we're heading, that's kind of what I want to talk about. And I think when, when it comes to our future, when it comes to what, what we want to do one day and, and where we're thinking, I think for a lot of us, there can be a bit of apprehension, a bit of uncertainty, maybe a bit of fear over the future. Why? Because we don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know what tomorrow's going to hold, really. Like, no one can tell, can they? We can have our best guess, but like, no one's really going to say for certain, this is exactly how tomorrow's going to go. Or this is exactly how my next five years are going to go. Like, I love this quote. There's a quote which, written by a guy called, here he is, D.H. Uh, Lawrence. And it said this, if only we could have two lives, the first one in which to make our mistakes and the second in which to profit by them. <laughs> That'd be handy, wouldn't it? Yes. You know, to, to have a life where we could just like mess it up and then have another one where we can get it all right. You know, and, and cause I think that no, no one wakes up and says, I'd like now to mess my life up. I'd like to make a whole bunch of bad decisions that are just going to get me in the wrong place. No, no one says that. Every, every one of us, I imagine, would say, actually, I want to have a good future. I want, I want to have a good life. I want, I, want to, I want to do well. And I think sometimes there can be a bit of, bit of apprehension over, over making the wrong decision, a bit of worry that, am I doing the right thing? Am I going to end up in the right place? Um, a few years ago, a few years, a few months ago, I went skiing with my brother-in-law. I was talking to Josh about this. I went skiing with my brother-in-law. And like, my brother-in-law is an amazing guy. He's like super encouraging. You know, like just these people that you go away and you just feel uplifted after, after speaking to him. He's, he's one of these people, just, just awesome. So I was really looking forward to spending the week with him um, skiing. And he's, he's a better skier than I am, like much better. And it got a bit annoying. Because he would, he would intentionally just ski past me, really close to me, ski faster than me. And church, I would be lying if I said I didn't want him to hurt himself. Just a little bit. Like, not a lot, but I would have, you know, a broken collarbone, that would have been fine. Like, just to, just to humble him, just to knock him down a peg, I would have, would have done for that. But, but he, you know, he, he would just sail past me, and, and we were having a great time skiing. Um, but having said that, no, neither of us are very good. We're not professionals. So we were kind of blue slopes, red slopes, maybe some black slopes if you're familiar with skiing at all. Um, one day, on our second day of skiing, we decided to take a turn down an itinerant run. I think it's itinerant. It's, it's basically a run which isn't marked, and it's steeper than a black run, and more bumpy and more dangerous. Right? What we didn't know is this particular turn that we had taken took us down a turn, took us down a slope, which is rated the fifth scariest slope in the world. We found that out after, right? It's, so, and guys, I cannot describe to you how scary this thing was because you, cause it was so steep, you couldn't see what you were approaching. So like, we, we head towards it and then all of a sudden, like, I'm just exposed to what I can only describe as a descent into hell. Right? Just this sheer drop. And like, I'm not, not joking, right? So you see this little black bit of the stage here at the front? That's how wide the path was to get onto the slope. So this side, I had a wall of snow, and this side, about a 30-foot rocky drop. I'm not a great skier, right? And so to slow down in skiing, you have to turn back up the hill. And all I could do here is just snowplow and speak in tongues. Like, just, I just pray. Like, I think it was tongues. It may, I may have been swearing, I don't know. It's, something was coming out of my mouth. And just praying to God, like, may I, I, I want kids, I want a family. Just, ah. But this, this small path takes you onto the descent into hell, this sheer drop. And Eddie, the, you know, the more competent skier of the two of us, he's ahead of us, he's ahead of me. And, and he's the first one to kind of take the plunge, to, to head onto this slope. 
And we're both approaching this thing. My hands are sweating now thinking about it. We're both approaching this thing just like with fear and trembling. And he, he turns once and just picks up a, a horrific amount of speed. Just turns and then turns again. And I'm kind of following him really timidly. And then suddenly he turns and then he falls. If it was a more shallower slope, Simon, I would have, I would have yeah, celebrated slightly. But, Simon, he didn't stop falling. He, he kept falling. and Because it was that steep. So he was just tumbling. He lost both of his skis and he carried on tumbling. And, and before I know it, he's just, he's just going. And I'm just stood there watching him fall. And, and you may ask, like, what, what did I do? Like, my friend, my, my brother-in-law is in danger. He's falling down the hill. What do you do in that moment? What did I do? I sat down. <laughs> What else are you going to do? So I just sat down. Like, he's either going to stop or he's not, isn't he? So I just sat down. I was like, I hope he stops. <laughs> and eventually he did. He kind of got shallower towards the bottom. But that feeling of, we took a wrong turn. We should not be on this slope. We should not be here. And I think sometimes, just linking this back to, to life, like sometimes we're, we're fearful that we're going to end up just in a place where we don't want to be. We're fearful we're going to end up like on the wrong slope. And this story that I started with, this story of Abraham, just to give a bit of context to it, um, about a, a few years before we pick it up, um, God had appeared to him and promised him a, a family, promised him a son, promised him that he would make a great nation out of him, made this promise. But at the time, Abraham was, seven, or Abraham was 75, and so a, a family wasn't looking likely. And God appears to him again in the story that we've just read and said, I am your shield and your great reward. I don't imagine Abraham responded too well to that. And we read that he didn't respond too well to that. I think Abraham at the time felt a bit frustrated because we read his response and he was like, great that you say that, God. I've still got no kids. That's, that's cool that you say that, but that's not, that's not what I'm seeing. And I, I can imagine almost this like, sense of frustration, this like, sense of, did I make a wrong turn somewhere to end up here? What, what have I done wrong to, to be here? Like, how have I ended up on the side of the mountain here just stuck in this place, God. And so God appears to him and he's telling, telling Abraham about himself. I'm your shield. I'm your great reward. Your reward will be great. And Abraham tells God, actually, is it? Are you? Because I, I don't see it. What I want to talk to us about now is, is a lesson that we can learn from this story. Something that we can pull from this story that I believe will really help us or wherever you're at, if you feel like you're in a bit of a stuck place now, if you feel like it's going great, to equip us to navigate these times in life where we just don't know where to go, we don't know where to turn, where things seem uncertain, and we don't know quite what's going to happen tomorrow. You see, that story that we read, what happened was, Abraham said, or Abraham said, that's not what I see. You've not given me a son. What did God do then? Look at what God did. He took him outside. He took him outside and said, look up. He said, count the stars. As many stars as there are, that will be your offspring. That's my promise to you. Count the stars. So what did he do? So at the time, Abraham was probably in his home, probably in a tent. His God took him out of his tent. He said, Abraham, get out of your tent. Get out of your tent and see my tent. Get out of your situation see see my tent. Look up. See, see what I can do. See, see what I'm capable of. And then tell me that I can't give you that promise. Then tell me I can't fulfill that promise in your life. Yeah. You know, sometimes we can just get stuck, can't we, yeah. in our tent. Yeah. 
You know, I think our experiences and our, our past sometimes can, out of those things, we can fashion for ourselves this, this tent where we can just get a bit blinkered. And we can, we can hear these promises that God would say over our life and it doesn't reflect our circumstances. We can get stuck in our tent. You know, I'm believing tonight that God wants to say to us, get out of your tent and see my tent. See what I'm capable of. Stop looking at your insufficiencies and see my sufficiency. Stop looking at what you're not capable of and see my capability. Stop looking at your failures and see my victory. Get out of your tent. See my tent. And that's what he did. He, he looked up. He saw, he saw God's tent. He saw what God was capable of. And so I think the lesson that we pull from this, what we can learn from this little story, story is where we focus what we look at, what, what, where our vision is looking, where we're headed towards, that's very important. Yeah. What we fix our eyes on is very important. So Abraham's in a place where all he could see was his tent, his limitations. And what God wanted him to do was get out of that and see, to look up and see God's boundless, limitless power. Look up at the stars. Look up at the sky. You know, and that's why I think like, worship is so important. And so key for us. Because what we're doing in worship, we are reminding ourselves of the greatness of God. We're reminding ourselves of how powerful and great and loving he is. We're worshipping him, but we're reminding ourselves and we're realigning ourselves with that. We're getting out of our tent, if you will. We're getting out of our tent. So the psalmist writes, praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Because we can forget, can't we? Like we can just get stuck in, in our tent, in where we're comfortable, built up by our circumstances, built up by our past, built up by our expectation. And God would say to us, get out of your tent and see my tent. Praise the Lord, oh my soul, forget not his benefits. You know, the trials of the present can, can lead us to a place where we forget God's faithfulness of the past. We can just get stuck in our tent. Get out of your tent, see my tent. It says in 2 Corinthians 4.18, So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So we fix our eyes on what is eternal. Do you know what the problem with that verse is? Do you know what the problem with fixing your eyes on what is unseen is? is you can't see it. It's, it's true, isn't it? Like I, I can't show you now, I can't show you a box of God's faithfulness that you can hold and just... And I can't show you a box of God's grace, and, and we can't quantify it. But the Bible there is saying, fix your eyes on that. Fix your eyes on what is eternal. It's really easy for us to get distracted by what's temporary, because we can see that. You know? And in the context of our future, in the context of where we're heading, where we fix our eyes on, it's really easy for us to fix our eyes on the temporary. Like, like the, the career, or the, our education, or relationships, or material things it's very easy and maybe maybe inadvertently sometimes maybe we don't do it on purpose but all of a sudden by our actions and by the way we live these things become all that we're looking at the job the the career the this this relationship and that becomes our focal point that becomes all we can see you know i I feel like christian i hope this is okay i feel like i need to to repent a little bit actually um because I've, i've sinned against one of your leaders um, so last night we had a great, great night and it was awesome and the Holy Spirit was, was there, wasn't he? It was great. And I was speaking to Josh and we, we, were, we were having a great conversation, weren't we, mate, about like youth and, and things like that. And so the Holy Spirit was there, it was, it was great. We went outside, right? And here's where the sin came in. I saw Josh's car. 
Josh, I need your forgiveness because in my heart, I, I sinned against you. I thought about pushing you over and taking that car. Bitterness and envy, right? I have to go home to a fiesta. I joke that it's very easy for us to get just consumed, isn't it, with just the stuff, with the stuff that's with temporary. It's not, it's not the main thing, but just, like, just get distracted because the temporary stuff can be distracted. And, and, and don't, hear, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying Josh is a materialistic guy and that's what matters to him. I don't know what he does for a job, but I will be sending you my CV <laughs> next week. Okay. Get me one of those cars. Fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Let that be our, our main thought. It says in Hebrews 12, doesn't it? It says, so we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So each and every day we make a decision, a determination to say, Jesus, you are my main focus today. You are what I'm looking towards. You are what I'm wa- walking towards. Jesus, you are my future. You are my horizon. Like I want to think about you. I want to talk about you. I want to live for you. That's my decision each and every day. Get out of our tent. Get out of our small circumstance. See God's tent. Look at not what's temporary. Look at what's eternal. Just imagine what that would look like if we lived in that revelation every day. If we lived in, in, in that place every day. And we started walking in that place. Like, can you imagine what our churches would look like? Each, like, as, as we kind of, like, just tear away our limitations and our limited thinking. And we begin to actually live in the revelation of God's unlimited ability... And if, if, if that was what we were aiming for, if, if Jesus was what we lived for each and every day, it's so easy for us to replace the main thing with temporary stuff. So we fix our eyes, not what is seen, but what is unseen. So like, I think tonight, um, I've not got loads of time left, but I think tonight it just, like God wants to talk to you about, about your future. And just to bring that challenge to you really of, of what are you looking at? When it comes to that, who, what voices are you listening to? You know, I think we spend a lot of time, don't we, telling God about why we can't, about telling God why we're unable to. We, we spend a lot of time telling God about our past. You know, like maybe it's time we stop telling God about our past and the present trials and we start letting him tell us about our future. Start letting him tell us about the plans he's got for us and the dreams that he's got for us. Like it says in Jeremiah, the plans he's got for us to give us a hope and a future and we, we know from, from Romans that his, his will for us is good, pleasing, and perfect. If only we would align ourselves with that each and every day. I'm getting out of my tent of thinking. And, and this story for me, like, hey, I, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that everything in the Bible, so every book, chapter, uh, every character, every narrative, all points to Jesus. Like, I, I believe that. And, 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 and this story that we read here, it's just this perfect picture of, of Jesus and what, what he's done for us. You see, Abraham, like being 75 plus, you're not that capable of having kids, really. Needed God to step in, needed a miracle. He wasn't able to do it on his own, like, and he tried to do it on his own. If you read the story a bit later on, he tries to get into his own land, he tries to push the door open himself, and it doesn't work out. But God was faithful, and what he promised, he, he, he fulfilled. And it's the same as us, I think, with, with our future, with this kind of maybe fear that we all might have of getting it wrong, not wanting to mess it up. You know, I think each and every time we probably will mess it up. Yeah. 
probably will make a mistake. Like, I know certainly for me, I'm going to say the wrong thing, think the wrong thing, do the wrong thing. Like, I need Jesus to help me. And, and I think God saw that, didn't he, with humanity. Just like we were unable to fulfill this thing by ourselves. He sent his son Jesus for us, to die for us, to take our place, to give us a hope, a future, forgiveness. And we read at the end of that little text that we just read there that Abraham believed and it was credited to him as righteousness. Righteousness wasn't given to him as a result of his actions or this adherence to a list of rules and regulations. He believed in God and that was credited to him as righteousness. So I think when we think about our future and getting it right, living right, living righteously, we can have this, we can have a temptation almost to fall into the trap of, I've got to do these things and then I'm going to have a good rest of my life. Then I'm going to tick every box. And almost like we have this big to-do list of like, don't disappoint God today, don't disappoint God today. But like, we can't do that on our own. Righteousness was accredited to Abraham because he believed. And righteousness is accredited to you and I today simply by believing in Jesus. Like our future can be right and secure, full of hope, full of purpose. Not by like being awesome and perfect because we're not. We're going to mess it up. But just by believing in Jesus. And that's given to us. Righteousness is accredited to us. Not by anything that we've done, but by everything that he has done. But what Jesus has done for us. It's just awesome. And so, hey, can the band like, come up and join me? Like, so I just think God wants to challenge us with that thought. Um, and, and I want to I end with this. So um, the other day, so Lauren is my wife. She is both the, the beauty and the brains of this relationship. And... Um, so we have, we have quite a nice garden. It's not a big garden. It's very small. And just, I went out in it the other day because for some reason weeds came up and we just had a whole garden of weeds, like, out of nowhere. So I started just, like, chopping away at it. I hope that doesn't intimidate anyone with my masculinity. But just, like, you know, chopping away at this garden like a man. Um, and in, in our back garden, right, we've got a whole pile of bricks. I don't really know what they're for. They were, they were just there these bricks like I think I think we can build a porch out of them I'm not sure we need to count them don't we but pile of bricks in this garden and um, as I was like tearing away like all these weeds and kind of clearing some space around these these bricks um, I saw so the bricks come up to about here right and at the top of this pile of bricks there was a flower that had just grown and so I moved moved some bricks around it and it had grown all the way from the bottom through every layer of brick to the top and there it was this flower and just like stood back and thought that's quite an achievement literally it's probably about a ton of bricks and yet a flower had grown through it and I felt God say this to me that I think when we're thinking about our futures when we're thinking about promises that God has given to us when we think about plans he's given to us some of you in this room metaphorically if you will feel as though a ton of bricks has been dropped on that and like Abraham in certain times like this like where God's here you can't help but get that feeling of but I don't see it God I don't see what you said would happen it's not worked out as you said it would and that frustration like did I get it wrong have I done something wrong 
how that flower grew to the top like what, what was it looking for the sun trying to get to the sun trying to get some sunlight and I think if we can all of us get a vision for the sun get a vision for Jesus put him as our only aim in this life as put, put him on our horizon we can just stretch for him each and every day all hell could break loose a, a ton of bricks could be dropped on you but nothing nothing will stop God's plan for your life nothing will stop you bearing fruit in your life because he who promised is faithful and so hey I, I'm believing that like through, through my time here like God's just like speaking to you individually but just wanted to end we're going to go into time of worship um, but just wanted to end by giving you guys an opportunity to, to respond in a way um, and maybe for some of, us, some of us that looks like just stepping out of your tent maybe for quite a while now you've been telling God what you're not capable of you've been telling God why you can't why this won't work out maybe for a while you've been stuck in your thinking and you just need to step out of that hey and I don't know I don't know everyone in this room so maybe you're here and you're, you're not actually a Christian you've not yet said yes to Jesus and made that decision to put him as your kind of number one in your life maybe you've been living for the temporary things in this world and, and right now you feel that challenge just to, to live for something more than that to live for something more than just what you can see and feel but to live for something eternal to start looking at something eternal I want to give us all an opportunity to respond to that if that's okay so if you, if you could just a moment of privacy please we just bow your head and close your eyes we're just going to pray first up if if you are here and you've not fully committed your life to Jesus and something that I've been saying has just been resonating with you you've been living for the temporary things but you want to start living for something more if that's you I'm just going to ask really quickly very simply just just slip your hand up now and I'm going to pray thank you to anyone else in the room thank you see the hands that's great you can put them back down again hey God thank you so much that you sent your son for us Thank you that in Jesus we can have righteousness. Thank you that in Jesus we gain an eternity with you. Thank you, God, that you give us a hope, you give us a future, that you have a good, pleasing and perfect will for us in Jesus' name. And for those that have responded tonight, Lord God, I thank you for that. Thank you that they've now been added to your kingdom forever. That decision they made just to to align themselves to you. And that is awesome, God. That is awesome. And if you can just stay in this moment of just privacy while we're praying. Um, I just felt that so strongly like maybe maybe you're the one that feels like that ton of bricks has just been dropped on a plan or a promise that you felt you had or maybe you've been stuck in a tent of your own thinking and it's time to now step out of that tent see God's tent and start living by that faith start living out of that revelation each and every day looking to the sun looking to Jesus so you can you can respond to that in your own way but um, I want to pray so if if that's you like hey why not why not just stand and join the band in some worship band is going to keep playing so when you're ready to stand up and just respond to that just go for it to step out of the comfort step out of the norm into something new
Hey, let's all stand up. Jesus, thank you for the hope that we have in you. Thank you that you have plans for each and every one of us. Thank you for the promise and, and the plans that you have for Arena Church. God, I pray that each and every day that they, these people in this room would just step out of their tent, of their thinking, and see your tent, to see your limitless, boundless power. And God, that we would all walk in that, that we would see your spirit move each and every day, that we would see Jesus lifted high in our life, in this church, in one church. And so right now, Lord God, we lift you up. We worship you. We lift our hands and we lift your name on high, Lord God. Amen. Thank you for that.